Greatness shows up after you're tired. Let's say it one more time, man. Greatness shows up after you're tired, not when you're tired. And breakthroughs don't happen until you reach your breaking point. Been there many times, man, that place I didn't want to go on. And I realized that strength can't develop until your strength is gone. You got to keep pushing because character and courage is developed or lost when you decide to keep going or to give up. You see, that's the point. You got to stop and you got to realize that's your breakthrough coming right there because when others that are around you won't, you will be the one that goes ahead. Somebody has to step up and go a little bit farther. Is that somebody you? How many says that's me? I want to go a little farther. Well, hello, hello and welcome to Furthermore. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'm Dr. Michelle. And I'm Dr. Mark. And some people like to call us M&M without, without the, the sugar. sugar. Well, a kiss, that kind of sugar, <laughs> I should say. We're excited to be with you tonight, today, wherever you are, because ultimately it is our heart's desire to present a program that's going to be inspirational, educational, motivational, so that you can do more in life, go a little bit further, like the intro said, and make sure that you accomplish more than you ever thought possible. Because everybody has that potential to go a little bit further, don't they, sweetheart? Absolutely. You know, just uh, looking at episode one, you can either get choked up or you can use your setbacks to push you just a little bit farther. And that's oh. what we hope to do with Furthermore, is to provide you hope, health, and freedom. Yeah, and I did get choked up in episode one. Go back and watch that. That was the story of Dr. Michelle's um, incredible, amazing, awesome comeback story in the movie called The Prayer List. And, you know, as many of you know, we had these three prisons that we typically get locked up in. And those prisons are big church, big medicine, and big government. And we spent a lot of time over the last several weeks discussing how hope defeats big church and health defeats big medicine and freedom triumphs over big government. But tonight we're going to answer this question, can type two diabetes be reversed? What do you think, sweetheart? I think that's a three letter word. Y E S. Yes. Well, certainly I agree and concur and make a second of that motion and bring it to the floor and say we passed unanimously. <laughs> the bottom line is type 2 diabetes can indeed be reversed. And when you think about the process of reversal, you have to really understand some of the mechanics behind it. Many people, sweetheart, perpetually are measuring this stuff called blood sugar all the time, you know, and my goodness, do you really want to have to measure your blood sugar all the time? Why would you have to or want to or need to if your body was physiologically sound, meaning functioning properly? Well, that's my point exactly. You know, a lot of people are perpetually pricking their fingers like that. And I'm thinking, what is the point? Why is that even an issue? And how did we get to this point anyway? Well, when you think about blood sugar, 
let's think about what the blood does. The blood, you know, the Bible says the life is in the blood, right? If the life's in the blood and blood goes through all through your body, it would make sense that you want the life in the blood to flow well. But when it gets all sugared up, it gets sticky. And think about it like um, your car going down the road that has potholes everywhere in the road, the road being synonymous with your vascular system, and the road having roadblocks and barricades where the blood can't get through, your car can't get through. Type 2 diabetes is a mess, isn't it? It absolutely is a mess. It's an impairment of the way that the body actually regulates and uses blood sugar, this thing called glucose, as fuel. This long-term chronic condition results in too much sugar, as we saw, circulating in the bloodstream, and eventually high blood sugar levels lead to all kinds of problems in the circulatory system, which is your highway system delivering blood oxygen and nutrients to your body. It damages the nervous system, the immune system, and eventually the pancreas. That endocrine organ that makes blood sugar or makes insulin and manages blood sugar, it burns out. So type 2 diabetics then eventually become insulin dependent. So I want you to hear my heart. Well, actually, I want to say hear our hearts right now. Listen carefully to me. Type 2 diabetes should not exist in one single person in the world. I'm going to say that one more time. Type 2 diabetes should not exist in one single person in the entire world. It is a man-made, self-chosen, self-driven disease process that's completely avoidable and reversible. Our minds have been manipulated. Our population has been propagated with all this horrible information that is simply not true and they've used sickness this idea of type 2 diabetes to profit off of people now i don't know of anything more sinister than the idea of using sickness to perpetuate them on people and then profit from them well it's not necessarily um a good idea to be um preyed upon but we are action takers and we're educators and we're here to help you change what you do not know. Did you know that you can have signs of type 2 diabetes up to two, five years before you even have frank type 2 diabetes in your serum? It can result in other things in your blood like high triglycerides, high blood pressure, central obesity. You know that little spread around the middle? Your organs are getting fat in them. It suffocates organ function. Then you end up with high blood sugar and even low HDL. These signs in your blood work can actually tell you that you are predisposed to type 2 diabetes. And the majority of that is driven by what's at the end of your fork. So we're going to show you at the end of our break how to correct this thing called type 2 diabetes. You'll find out it's not that hard. Stay with us. This is not something that is a Mark idea and a Michelle idea. This is a God idea. This thing right here has a two-year shelf life. When we think about the problems we have in America with our food supply, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? Stock up on something that's going to help you. This is organic pea protein. 
greens and reds, fibers, and multivitamins and minerals. It will stay good for two years. How many have wondered what you're going to eat if things go south? Kingdom Fuel right here. Well, that's like a marriage made in hell, isn't it? You know, like I look at the Food and Drug Administration and think, what do they have in common? You know, Hippocrates, did he say, let drugs be thy medicine? Or what did he say? He said, let food be thy medicine oh. and let medicine be thy food. Oh, my God. So, therefore, the most important medical decision that you make every single day is at the end of your fork. We call it fork curls. So we wonder what causes type 2 diabetes. Well, it's all these inflammatory foods that we eat and specifically the overconsumption of sugar. Americans consume an average of 77 grams of sugar per day, more than three times the recommended daily amount, specifically in females. No wonder we're gaining weight and spinning out of control. This adds up to about 60 pounds of added sugar annually. Boy, that's six. 10-pound bowling balls, folks. That's huge. These numbers are even more tragic for children. Well, and you look at the childhood obesity crisis that is. Uh, look, that's no laughing matter. That is no joke. That is significance. And I've said it before that it's almost like a, a child abuse. With When you look at these inflammatory foods, Let's go through these one at a time. First of all, sugar's artificial sweeteners. That's a no-brainer. We that, know that. That is a no-brainer. And if sugar is the cause of type 2 diabetes at the root, boy, we've got to regulate the consumption and understand sugar. Well, look at these fried foods, man. Those things are obviously not any good. So let's avoid the fried foods. It's like putting hot things down in burned oil and burning them and eating the burned molecules. Charcoal. No kidding, right? Charred. This thing, MSG, monosodium glutamate, and these filler chemicals, look, if you can't pronounce them on the label and don't know what they mean, it's probably not food. I don't, I don't think God put MSG and mystery ingredients and um, bioengineered ingredients in food, do you? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, but again, if you can't understand what's on the label, your body probably can't understand and process it either. We've also got to be careful about excessive caffeine and alcohol and excessive breads and grain and, oh boy, corn, soy, and even yeast. These are inflammatory foods to the young and old all the time. So there you go. There you have it. It's all about inflammatory foods. But what do we consume? What should we consume? Well, let's flip the coin around. Look at the other side. These would be anti-inflammatory foods. We'll begin with quality proteins. There's some key buzzwords for you right there. Organic, grass-fed, and finished, free-range, wild-caught. These are awesome proteins don't shy away from things that have these buzzwords yes and proteins are the building blocks of life right we have to have the essential and the non-essential amino acids those essential amino acids are things that your body don't does not make you've actually got to get them from food healthy oils and fats oh boy did you know that your brain is 65 percent fatty acid material that means there's fat in your brain so good, <laughs> healthy oils are essential for brain health. That's why she calls me fathead all the time, I think, man. You got uh, a look, good looking you, <laughs> you still got to eat some um, fruits and vegetables. And, and just know that good fruits and vegetables, again, think organic, the way they're packaged in the environment are absolutely um, amazing. And did you know 
a lot of our fruits and vegetables has some amazing benefits. Look at dark green vegetables that we have listed here for you. Incredible with a ton of antioxidants, carotenoids, flavonoids, and vitamin C. Oh, don't forget the fruit. Yes, apples are a great source of vitamin C, which we've already discussed can prevent cell damage. There will be less oxidative stress and free radical damage. And can you say an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Don't forget beets with the beta lane in it and also the ability to produce nitric oxide. That's awesome. And broccoli, it comes with plenty of potassium and magnesium is full of antioxidants. And it also has that buzzword vitamin C. So when you combine these things together, you get a nutritional protocol that's rich in all these elements. Lots of people use celery to sort of use for detox purposes of celery, put in some water. And then we got this thing called salmon. Oh my goodness. Good stay fats, away from, good oils. Yeah, stay away from farm-raised salmon, but go to wild-caught salmon that's got this great, bright, pink, orangish flavor. That is good. We need those omega-3s for our good old-fashioned fat heads. <laughs> so the bottom line is we need to consume the anti-inflammatory foods and avoid the inflammatory foods so type 2 diabetes will never, ever enter your home or even knock on your door. It'll make it run away. Can you say food is medicine? Food does a body good. <laughs> it's the most important medical decision that you make every single day, sometimes three times a day, three times a day and two snacks, 365 days of the year. I think some of those medications that are used as cures, I'll use air quotes mm. for this, cures for type two diabetes. You've seen them before, right? These ideas like um, metformin, like the glipicide popular today is Jardiance or Ozempic. Stop, hold the line, hard stop, time out. Those aren't cures. They are ways to perhaps manage, but they do not promote cures, especially taking insulin eventually, because as we talk about many, many times, insulin is a fat storing hormone. So sweetheart, these drugs, though maybe necessary in short term, if somebody's going off the cliff, they should not be depended upon, should they? Well, if the root cause is the overconsumption of sugar, and we talked about how the average person eat, eats or consumes 75, 77 grams of sugar per day, and that's around 60 pounds of added sugar per year. And if that's the root of the problem, a drug is not going to cover up that problem. It's not going to fix it. We have to change our behaviors. We have to change our mindset. We have to change what how we function in society because every event is focused around food and sugary sweet comfort foods bottom line is type 2 diabetes can be corrected reversed and most importantly avoided so if you're out there and you're suffering from that condition and you've never been given hope receive some hope right now from the hope dealers and know that there is hope out there you connect with us we'll give you some truth and the truth will get you free from that dreaded, hateful, nasty disease. Stay right with us. We'll be right back. It has been said that knowledge is the greatest of all things. And though it is important and highly available through multiple sources, there is indeed something of much, much greater value. It has also been affirmed that people do perish for lack of knowledge. 
However, the most valuable of all things is wisdom, which is the correct use of knowledge. So what then is the opposite or the incorrect use of knowledge? Now that, my friends, is foolishness. So here we have the great choice, wisdom or foolishness. Choosing knowledge is not enough. We must choose to understand the correct application of knowledge, which is impossible without wisdom. In order to find wisdom, we must first understand the greatest source of knowledge, which is a reverent and holy fear of God. So knowledge begins with the fear of God and wisdom comes from God. So seek wisdom with all your heart, for it holds the greatest of all value. Um, and a bomb sometimes, think about this, sweetheart. I was thinking about, you know, we were talking about these idea of truth bombs and do we even want to use the word bomb, but some things need to be destroyed. And sometimes truth is the only thing that can bring the right destructive forces to an utter and really debilitating lie. And we have these in our world all the time. You know, I was thinking recently, sweetheart, as there's a lot of people that are completely addicted to chaos and drama. I really was actually seeing this in my life. You know, even when I was on the police department, right? I remember many times that officers I worked with got so cynical and so negative that they began to be just captured by the drama that is. And they live like this, folks. You got to understand that when you become addicted to drama like that and addicted to chaos, you just don't know how to exist without it. A good little test for you before we get into the subject matter of this a little bit more is this. Can you sit down in the quiet for five minutes, don't talk to anybody, don't listen to anything, don't, well, you got this, don't look at your cell phone. Can you do that for five minutes? I'm talking no dogs, no pets, no music, no life, no nothing. Can you do that and just listen to the silence? If you can't, that indicates that you are completely addicted to the chaos that is drama. And so I want you to kind of pay attention to this little short vignette that we're talking about here that explains the idea of how all of us can get a little bit addicted to this thing called drama. Check this out. Now, all right, so think about this. First of all, this is serious. Look at the cell phone quickly, quickly, quickly. Look at the cell phone. Oh my goodness, I've got to keep looking at this. It makes me stressed out just think about it. And I really get stressed out if I lose my phone. And there's my views. I gotta get some more views. I gotta have some more views. 100,000, 200,000, all that drives my life. Views. That makes my life so dopamine, good. Dopamine, dopamine. I'm very important. I'm more important. Yes, I'm, I'm incredibly important. Yes, the whole world's about me. Me, me, me. At this point. Now, I'm almost a half million. I'm gonna tell everybody that I am the most important thing. And I can't wait because tomorrow, get this, I'm gonna shoot to double that to one million. What do you think about that, sweetheart? I think that that is actually addicted. <laughs> addiction. Yeah, it really is. And when you think about this idea of addiction, you know, no kidding. You can be addicted to sugars, as we talked about earlier. You can be addicted to processed food because those actually do have chemical addictive properties. 
Few people understand the idea of this dopamine addiction that can happen. Dopamine can happen with sugars. Do you know sugar drives dopamine bigger than cocaine, right? Well, and that's why it's harder to break an addiction to food or sugar than it is crack cocaine because we have to eat every day. Yeah. And did you know that when you think about these processed refined grains and even processed refined dairy proteins, they actually create opioids to create addiction as well. So it's affecting the brain and affecting brain chemistry, and we can't change what we don't know. So education does a body and a brain good. So the question is, can we be as addicted to drama, stress, chaos as we are with food? Is that possible? Well, absolutely. If you get a hit of dopamine after scrolling your Facebook or looking for your hits on <laughs> social media or, you know, whatever it may be, it may be making money. That might be addicting to some people, yeah. uh, just the same as drinking or drugs or overeating. They can all cause that little dopamine hit on the same center of the brain. Well, what is the dopamine addiction cycle? We probably need to answer that question. The dopamine theory of reward and addiction, which states that dopamine release mediates reward and thus leads to addiction and has had huge traction in, even in medical science, we're trying to find, I mean, mice will literally eat themselves to death off of that dopamine hit. So when the brain gets stimulated or overstimulated with a certain chemical like dopamine or drugs or chemical stressors or, or things that release dopamine, it produces a euphoric effect that hmm. rewards and reinforces behavior. So that hit on the phone while you're looking for how many people like me? Is this good? Is it bad? That's a dopamine addiction. Yeah, it's interesting how that this dopamine thing can lead us down the pathway of eating unhealthy foods. You know, you think about that, you know, as we talked about this a little bit last week about when we're having, looking for dopamine, we're going to push ourselves down to look for a bag of chips, look for a number of views, <laughs> look for a bag of cookies, look for French fries. French fries. I mean, we want anything we can do to drive dopamine and you know what we need to get a hold of this because if stress and dopamine addiction has a hold of us it will take our very lives away and just like caffeine and just like sodas and caffeine and energy drinks we're always looking for that next hit and folks i'm telling you clearly that if we're continuing to look at this next hit it will suck the very life out of us because we don't know how to exist without an external dopamine hit. In other words, we don't have the ability to create it inside of us anymore. It's kind of something we depend on outside in. Somebody else has got to make me happy. Somebody else has got to make mm -hmm. me worth it. Somebody else has got to give me the dopamine. This has got to do it. That's got to do it. This has got to do it. And we get addicted to that stuff instead of becoming completely self sufficient and self-governing where dopamine is not necessary to be driven from the outside in but it can be driven from the inside out appropriately wouldn't that be kind of like governing the temple like imagine that yes self-governance you know and interestingly enough did you know that exercise many of you might know what i'm talking about when we say there's a runner's high there's a a lifter's high how many of you out there know that when you go exercise, you feel better. You might not want to go, but when you 
get there and you get done, you're like, man, I feel so much better. That is a dopamine high, right? Yes. And you can get addicted to that just like you can to sugar, to the phone, to drama, to other things that drive the production of dopamine. So we're not saying addiction is bad if you have addiction to the right things. However, if you get stuck in the idea of addiction to this drama, I promise you, you'll get stuck in this general adaptation syndrome. And you really kind of want to know what that is. So listen carefully. When you run out of gas, G-A-S, you get used to the idea of dopamine so much that you don't know how to live without it. That's right. Well, what is the general adaptation syndrome? That's a, a typical description of what that is. How you, what that is, is how your body responds to stress. And this phenomenon was actually first identified by a scientist whose name was Hans Selye mm -hmm. in 1946. That's that's a while ago. The body's easiest way to understand understand or the easiest way to understand the general adaptation syndrome is stage one is the alarm phase or when your body uh, reacts to the stressor, the sympathetic nervous system turns up the gas, the ampy. Mm -hmm. Then number two is the resistance phase where your body starts to adapt to the stress and the sustained release of cortisol is an attempt to maintain that arousal state. And then in stage three, which is called the exhaustion phase, boy, your adrenal glands just finally burn out. Your body does is not able to keep up with the stress response anymore. And the end result of that can even be depression. Mm. So the bottom line is we need to exercise more, sit less, find proper dopamine hits instead of improper dopamine hits. And remember next week, when we come back next time, we're going to talk about can exercise turn away and drive away fat? We'll find out that question as we dive a little bit deeper into this idea of stress. So just hang with us on furthermore for some awesome information that will take you further and do more. On behalf of myself, Dr. Mark and my queen, we love you. And we hope you had the most awesome day, the most awesome life. We'll see you next time. And Bye -bye. we can't wait. Bye for now. This is not just another protein powder. This is Kingdom Fuel and it's so much more. Mmm. The complete nutritional shake mix with our unique balance of clean mm. protein, vitamins, minerals, and more. So, fuel your life, your health, and enjoy peace of mind at Sherwood.tv forward slash fuel. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.